Welcome back to the Eye on the Tigers podcast. I'm Dave Matter, Mizzou beat writer for St. Louis Post-Dispatch and STLToday.com. We are joined, as always, by Ben Fredrickson, sports columnist for the Post-Dispatch and STLToday.com as well. Ben, we've got two sports, two teams to talk about this week. They are in action. We are officially in overlap season for college sports. Football is still just entering the fourth quarter of the regular season. And uh, college basketball has started. Missouri played its first game Tuesday night at home, 10-point win over uh, Central Michigan. And uh, Missouri football's got a big game coming up Saturday against South Carolina. But let's, let's dive into hoops first. Um, not, a, uh, not, not, a, not a runaway win for the Tigers. They had some close moments. It was a two-point game with about five minutes to go. Um, what did you what did you come away thinking of that performance from from Conzo's team, this new look team with nine newcomers, six of them played the other night and uh, just a, a really different feel for this group? It was good to see the, the new guys um, just get a sense of their games a little bit. Um, I was impressed by by Pickett, first and foremost, um, you know, if he's going to play to that level this year, that's that's good news for this team. Um, Kobe Brown, not such a good start, but, you know, very clear, strong finish. And they're going to need him to, to be a been there, done that guy. The, the newcomers I thought were, were, were really intriguing, pretty impressive. I, I'm yeah. probably most impressed off the bat with like a guy like Ronnie DeGray, who we probably haven't talked a lot about, right. um, but man comes off the bench and makes the case. If, if you want to start, that's a good way to, uh, to, to make your case off the bench um, saw some of what Coleman can bring with the three point shooting. Um, you know, Amari Davis starts to settle in a little bit and, and, you know, even all the way down the, the roster to a guy like, like, yeah, yeah. Who I didn't know that he was going to be much of a, of a, of a player this for them this year. Um, yeah. There were questions obviously about, you know, the knee and coming off the injury and the fact that he can get in and make a little bit of a difference. So not a, a blowout win, but I do think you kind of saw the elements of, what this team wants to be. They, they want to play hard. They want to, uh, you know, max effort every game. Um, and I think they're going to play an exciting style of basketball. And probably the biggest thing that I thought was telling was the enthusiasm and the energy of the student section. Um, I mean, you were there in person. I was not, but watching yeah. the stream, uh, it sure seemed like Conzo has invested and got these, got these students on board. And that can go a long way toward making an arena feel like it, it has an atmosphere and hopefully the word spreads to some non-students because those parts of the stadium weren't looking so good, but uh, the students brought the energy and that that's a good sign. Yeah, it really is. And that's a good place to start. You know, I, I came into the arena about an hour before tip off and, and they were already there. They already showed up. And I, I thought like, man, are they, are they giving something away tonight? I mean, are they giving like free laptops out to these students or something? What's going on? Free, free, uh, you know, keg of beer or something but it was uh it was really refreshing you know last year obviously there were covid protocols in place at the arena uh they allowed fans but not many and then you know missouri students weren't really they really haven't been invested in being part of the game uh for a while now especially now maybe on like a saturday afternoon conference game but certainly not a tuesday night game against central michigan you'd be lucky to see, you know, the antlers and then, you know, maybe a few others, but that section was absolutely packed. They were there early. They stayed late. They were loud. They were into the game. And frankly, I was kind of embarrassed for the rest of the uh, rest of the arena because those, those high dollar donor seats down low were completely empty in some sections. 
and you think, man, if these students can show up, um, where's, where's the rest of this town? Where's everybody else? But they were great. And I think you have to give so much credit to Conzo Martin. This was not an accident or a coincidence that they showed up. He and, and Robin Pinchton, too, uh, Missouri women's basketball coach, have really hit the pavement here this semester, uh, doing promotional uh, events, whether it's at the student center, they've gone to sororities and fraternities, they've gone to classrooms. I mean, they'll just barge into a classroom and pass out, you know, information, talk about the team. Uh, he has really been actively involved and really more engaged on social media too. That's something that just by nature isn't something that it's, it's something he likes doing, but it's, it's not like his priority when he wakes up, oh, I got to go tweet or puts it on Instagram, but he's really good about it now. Missouri's new SID Courtney Day has really been nudging him in that direction. And man, it really paid off. You know, I, in the, in the post-game press conference, I, I found a spot and I was sitting next to, to Desiree Reed Francois, Missouri's new SID. And she was Jeez. just, this, this is her first, uh, her first home basketball game. And she was ecstatic about that student section because she firmly believes that the way to build these fan bases at Mizzou is you got to start local. You got to start with the students and then you got to start with the fans in Columbia. And then you can start worrying about fans in St. Louis and Kansas city and Springfield and everywhere else. And she was really, really impressed. And she gave all the credit to Conzo for the work that he's done to engage these students and get them there. So you need that. If you're going to make your home games an atmosphere, if you're going to make that home court advantage, and uh, they, they certainly had it the other night. Absolutely. And Zoe is kind of, um, I mean, knowing Zoe for a while now, he's almost, uh, he's not allergic to self-promotion, but he's not a big fan of it. And, right. and he has gotten more comfortable doing that. And I do think he values the energy that students can bring to games. And he wants that relationship between the team and the student body to be strong. And I think his hope is that the team will earn you know, earn attendance from, from non-students too. And yeah. if you watch the team play, I mean, they're not perfect. Um, and they're going to, I think, get, have to get better as the year goes along as they learn to play with each other more, a lot of the new guys together. But they do have some intangibles that are, that are intriguing. And effort is not going to be something that can be questioned with these guys. I, I think fans should appreciate the uptick in athleticism. Um, yeah. there's, there's some more bounce. There's some more um, – there's just some more high flying tendencies to this team. And I think he made that a focus in recruiting these transfers and they didn't look to me like a group that hasn't played much together before. And I know he focused yeah. a lot on scrimmages, um, you know, entering this season to try to build that chemistry, but it did seem to me like those components that he wanted the team to have stood out. He played, you know, more guys than maybe I thought he would, but and that might shrink some over the course of the season, but they can get some good, you know, some good minutes out of, out of, yeah, yeah, if they can get some good minutes out of Jordan Wilmore, who's I mean, my God, Dave, he's huge. Even yeah. on the, the stream, I mean, he needs how can he play as much as he played and not get a rebound? That that's got to change. Yeah. But if they can find a role for him and he can be kind of a, a bigger, stronger um, you know, presence in the post, that that could work wonders for them. So I think you saw some good things. Um, what did you take out of it? Who impressed you, who maybe surprised you in kind of the, the first sample size there? Well, you, I think you got to start with Pickett. You know, he scored a bunch of points early. He had that huge three when uh, Central Michigan cut it to two with a few minutes left. And he's a guy that is always sort of deferred to the more high-profile players, whether that's Xavier Pinson or Drew Smith or Mark Smith. And he's always just been kind of a role guy. And he's been, he's been happy with that. He'll come off the bench, be a six-man, always bring energy. Um, but he kind of always knew his role and wasn't necessarily that – alpha dog that would 
needed the ball all the time. He'd have spurts where he'd score. Hey, you'd look up and be like, gosh, a game against Vanderbilt, he'd have 18 points. Always played well against Illinois. Um, you know, the random night against Old Miss, he'd have 20. But now he looks like a guy's like, okay, those guys are gone. Great. How about how about a little me time? And he he was he was really impressive and does it in a way that he took he took care of the ball, had some assists, had three steals. Um, he'll play really good perimeter defense. Most impressive, and I don't think this is going to be the case every night. The guy sat on the bench for 61 seconds in that game. He got one breather in the first half and then played the entire second half. Some of that was they didn't have Deshaun Gordon, who had to sit out a game um, for playing in a summer league game this summer that wasn't uh, sanctioned by the NCAA. Heinous crime. One of those crazy has to miss the game. Yeah. yeah. He'll be okay. back for the next game, and I think he'll be a guy that will sub. If he doesn't start, he'll sub in for Pickett because they kind of play the same position. But you start with start with Javon for sure. And you mentioned Ryan DeGray, man. I was really impressed with him, the UMass transfer. Uh, he's 6'6". He plays like he's much taller than that. Pretty athletic for being a big guy, quote-unquote big guy. Um, missed a couple threes. He's there to chase down the rebound every time. He had 13 rebounds, three block shots. Again, just a, a real hustle guy. He's fine coming off the bench. Um, you know, I, I don't. I, I think you could start him. He'll play small ball lineups with him and Kobe Brown as the two bigs on the floor, and I think you can be fine with that. Um, I, I think all in all, the the, the mid major transfers. And I asked Conzo about this last week before the game. Do you get a sense that? Um, they appreciate, you know, the stage and that they're really hungry. And he says he really does. Like he, he said things like getting chartered flights and having a nice locker room and having the, you know, just the, just the, the things that you have at a, at a power five high major program that they didn't necessarily have at their program. He can really sense that they appreciate that, but they're also incredibly hungry. I mean, those guys were, they were wowed by that student section. They were really, really appreciative of it. So Again, and they were the ones diving on the floor for the loose balls. Uh, they're going to be the ones, I think, that give this team a lot of energy. You know, they're they're older players. They've been playing college basketball for, for a couple of years, each of them, but never on a stage where spotlight's going to be a little bit brighter. So I think I think that's good. You get hungry guys like that that have some edge to them. And, uh, you know, you can, you can cover up some other blemishes that you might have just by an effort alone some nights. I thought Coleman, the most impressive thing, you guys four three pointers. They're going to have yeah. to have somebody who can hit some threes. Um, they, and he, he had kind of a quiet, I think it was like 14 points where yeah. um, if, it seems surreal to not, you know, talk about him top of the line when a guy was 14 in his first, uh, first game and he's never played there before, but he kind of is a quiet, quiet shot maker. And I think he's got more sizzle in his game than he oh, yeah. showed. And I think we might see that come out later and, and two you throw in the fact that you didn't see Gordon at all what he's going to bring is that high level defensive presence he's a high flying guy not a great shooter from what we've seen in his past at K-State but I know he's been working on that and and I think they they, they will get better play out of Kobe Brown Conzo's talked a lot about him playing point guard Dave I don't know if that's Conzo sometimes gets these ideas that <laughs> he talks about a lot in the offseason they don't come that pass as much but I do think he's going to be with his ball, the ball in his hands quite a bit with a chance to go at the rim. And, you know, I, I thought the way he responded late in that game yeah. was, was encouraging based off how it started, because I think Kobe in the past has been kind of like Pickett where he'll step up if he feels like he's needed. But right. if he's, if, if someone else is going to, you know, take the ball and go do their thing, he'll kind of be more of a role guy. And I thought he stepped up big late despite a slow start. And that's encouraging. 
Um, they need him to be aggressive. They kind of need him and Pickett to, you know, have the Tyler Beatty effect where they play, take advantage of the opportunity now. Right. And, and kind of show people what they can do. So all in all, encouraging student section deserves a lot of love, man. Great job, guys. Uh, that's impressive to see. And it makes a difference, too, whether you're at the game or just watching it. Um, and, you yeah. know, the players think that makes a difference, too. So they should challenge the uh, the non-students to get to games or, or Desiree Reed Francois might think about giving some of that prime real estate uh, in the TV shots to the students as opposed to uh, maybe some of the other fans. So um, that's a, a decent start for the Tigers basketball team with uh, some more, much more telling games coming. Should we flip this the page to football, Dave? Because there's a pretty yeah. big football game coming up Saturday that we're going to be covering in Como too. Yeah, really pivotal game for both programs, Missouri and South Carolina. These teams are, you know, you would think going into the season, Missouri should be a little bit further ahead than South Carolina's because, you know, Gamecocks have a new head coach starting over with, with Shane Beamer. And they were very up and down, much like Missouri, kind of shaky through the first two months. You know, they, they were kind of fortunate to beat Vanderbilt by a point. Um, weren't competitive against Georgia or Texas A&M, much, much like Missouri. Uh, they had some close calls and some other games. But then, then they just go out and absolutely annihilate Florida. Uh, and Florida's struggling right now. We know that. They're pretty dysfunctional. But that's a complete game against a competent, SEC team that's something Missouri doesn't have yet so that you know that leads me to believe hey that maybe they're a little further ahead right now on the other hand this is not a team that's really accustomed to winning games like that so we'll see how they respond uh, big big road trip for them leaving the friendly confines of Columbia East coming to Columbia West but they have an identity they, they've got a big physical offensive line they load up with tight ends and fullbacks they've got three running backs you know, they're breaking in a new quarterback, their third one this year, Jason Brown, an FCS transfer. Uh, so they seem to kind of find an identity under Shane Beamer. He's an interesting guy, really, a really positive, charismatic type coach who's been around the block for a while, um, but just getting his first chance as a head coach. So really interesting team. You know, they've, they've got to win one game to get bowl eligible, South Carolina does. And after this, they play Auburn and Clemson. No guarantee that they're going to get eligible. They've, they've got to win this game, I think. And if you're Missouri, you got to win two. So you got to beat either South Carolina, Florida, or Arkansas. You got to win two of those three. And uh, as bad as Florida's playing right now, there's that's still a talented team. And I wouldn't take my chances going to Arkansas needing a win down there because they've had a better year all year. Um, I think their running game will give Missouri problems. And and you got the revenge factor too, the Barry Odom factor. They they want to get revenge for last year's game. So that sets the stage for I think a really pivotal, evenly matched game between Missouri and South Carolina. Um, and plus, there's a little intrigue there of of, of the little SEC media day hijinks between uh, Eli Drinkwitz and in Beamer, where he made a comment about uh, <laughs> uh, really wanting to incorporate his tight ends more. Oh, and yeah. Drinkwitz saying, "Well, thanks for the scouting uh, scouting report." So we'll see if that uh, if if there's some tight end targeting going on uh, for for the Gamecocks. I, I'm with you on the Beamer hire, man. It it looked like one that really won the press conference in the moment, but yeah. it was fair to wonder, okay is this going to look as good on the field? And so far I've been very impressed with what he's been able to do. And he's a compelling, intriguing um, listen. When, you, when he talks about his program, obviously the family legacy is there, but he's trying to blaze his own trail here. Um, he had a great comment earlier in the year when asked what, what makes Georgia's defense so good. And he just kind of yeah. looked like, like he just wanted to like take the computer and throw it through the window. Be like, what do you mean? They've got a million good players, but he's real. Um, and, and I think he's really likable. And that seems to be 
coming through and, and how his team is responding to him taking over there. So a lot of momentum there, some uncertainty around the Tigers. Uh, what do you make of where the quarterback situation stands post-Georgia? Um, you know, I think we, we saw enough in Georgia to realize that anyone who was convincing themselves the Tigers were not playing their best option at quarterback um, was, was stretching too far to risk injury on yeah. some of this, the speculation here. They need Connor like back. What do, you, what do you make of where things stand entering this game, quarterback-wise, yeah. for the Tigers? Well, just for transparency's sake, we're recording this before Missouri puts out its Thursday injury report. Uh, Bazelak, I suspect, will be on there probably is questionable. Um, that's what he was listed as last week. And then, you know, they went ahead and decided to play the two and start making. Um, I don't know. At this point, nothing would really surprise me. I, if, if, if you play one of the – if Bazelak can't go, I, I think they still go with both Cook and Macon. Maybe not an even rotation like it was at Georgia. Um, you know, I, neither one of those guys won the Heisman, you know, and, and they're, not, they're not a candidate after what they did, obviously, at Georgia. But I, I was impressed by their toughness and demeanor. Those guys did not get rattled. Uh, they took some hits. They bounced back up. Both of them at different times, I thought, had some pretty big mistakes. And you could see the body language on the sideline. Drinkwitz really got on them. Uh, there was a busted option play on third and two that that Macon, uh, it, it looked like he screwed up, you know, just based on how they responded on the sideline. Uh, Eli got all over Cook for sliding or diving on a scramble a yard short of the marker, and he made up for it later by really putting his body uh, in harm's way to try to get the first down later on. So I thought they learned a good learning experience for both of them. Um you know, I, I thought Cook impressed me running the ball. I mean, he, he, they weren't designed runs. They were scrambles. But anybody that thinks that Macon is the runner of the two wasn't paying attention Saturday. Now, he, he gets the designed runs, but Cook looked really good scrambling. And I asked him this week, I'm like, are people kind of, you know, selling short your running ability? And he, he, he lit up. He said, oh, yeah, I like to run. I can run. I, I worked on that. So, to me, it kind of looked like Cook is – as good a runner as Macon in some ways and much closer to him as a runner than Macon is to cook as a passer. So, you know, I, Tyler's got some work to do throwing the ball. There, there's no doubt there. The, the touch on some of the short passes just isn't there. Uh, the final play of the game, especially I mean, he had Daniel Parker Jr. wide open in the end zone and just threw it way behind him. He probably could have ran it in himself. Yeah, I thought he should have. He's got some work to do there. Now, he did have two long completions on that last drive. I think that was more a credit to Toski Dove going up and getting the ball more than anything. But he, he's he got – I would say he's got better arm strength than he has arm accuracy, if that makes sense. Um, not exactly a Joe Milton situation, but he can throw the ball up in the air. You just don't quite know where it's going. And he's got that funky sidearm delivery sometimes too, and I – I asked Drinkwitz about that. I'm like, do you, do you like him doing that? And he goes, well, that's what all the college kids are doing now because they see Mahomes do it. They see uh, Russell Wilson. They see Aaron Rodgers try these funky throws. He's like, but you've got you've to get the fundamental base throws first before you can start doing the trick throws. And I don't think Macon is quite there yet. But he's got a lot of upside. He's a, by all accounts, you know, charismatic, good leader, positive kid. Um, he's just not a finished product yet. Neither is Brady Cook. So. That's why I think you got to play two, both of them because I don't know if you can win a SEC game with just one. 
so we'll see long story short we don't really know yet as we're taping this but um you know i i think you can win a game like south carolina with with those guys if they build on what they did at georgia buy or sell this uh this conversation about the defense starting to find its way here i, I know that's been a storyline kind of emerging out of the, some of the comments that have been made steve wilkes was quick to point out that georgia of course has better players so we're, we're yeah. hearing that recruiting drumbeat pretty often from this coaching staff i think it's okay when drinkwitz plays the drum i, I don't know if it's gonna if it's gonna go over so well with fans when wilkes, when wilkes yeah. plays it however there's comments coming out like the defense maybe is finding its way and I guess if you tilt your head and squint, you can maybe try to build some of the things that happened against Georgia into a positive for the defense. I have a hard time doing that because maybe Georgia didn't run the ball as well as we thought, but they also passed it probably more than I thought they might because they could and and did. What do you make of where this defense is? I know we've spent so much time talking about it, but is this hint of potentially maybe a more formidable defense through these final few games here? Is that realistic or is it fool's gold, you think? I did think there was some progress at Georgia. I think part of it, part of the reason Georgia threw as much as they did was they kind of had to because Missouri did a pretty good job on first and second down, just not giving up the big chunk, chunk runs like we've seen. They played pretty physical at the point of attack. Uh, I think that the personnel change at linebacker was a good move. Devin Nicholson was out of there. He's been a starter, I think, every game since Trinkwitz has been head coach. They went back to Blaze Aldridge. And I thought he played a lot better than he did at the beginning of the year when he was just getting blown off the ball. And, and to his credit, and I'll get to this, we talked to him this week, um, and, and he made that point too. Uh, so I, I, they put themselves in position to give up passing yards. And they kind of said, you know, we'll win first and second down, or at least we won't get beat on first and second down, and then take our chances on third down. And Georgia's receivers just made some great catches. And Stetson Bennett put the ball where only they could catch it. So you kind of tip your cap and say, hey, that, that was a tough – 40 yard completion you just made. Um, but, you know, Missouri at least put them in position to have to try something like that. So it was progress. I mean, we're grading on a bad Missouri defense curve at this point. I mean, anything is progress, um, you know, compared to what it was like those first two months. Can it carry over? That's the question. I mean, if it's just a, if it's a one day thing, then it doesn't really mean anything. If they can build off of it, then it could be a positive. But I, Aldridge was great this week. He, he admitted, he said, you know, the Kentucky game, my eyes were so big when, when the ball would, they'd run my way. And I, I just got, I got blown off the ball, the physicality I wasn't ready for. And that was a really telling admission on his part. He kind of, he kind of made allusions to, you know, this is not, I was not at rice anymore. It was a wake up call and I wasn't playing well. And he's, he said, you know, you're not going to get me down. I was, when I was 18 coming out of, uh, coming out of high school, I never could have imagined playing for an sec team. So I'm totally grateful to get this job back again. And he said, I just felt like myself and I felt like I could do it at Georgia and the results showed. So great, great job on his part, not giving in when the chips were down. Um, he played better. You know, they played, they, they stacked the box a little bit more than they had in the past. So it, I say, just keep doing it. I mean, why, yeah, why stop yeah. there? A lot has to go right. Yeah. Right. A lot has to go right to to beat you via the air. You have to have a a good pass and a good catch versus a handoff that's that's already moving forward. I mean, get beat through the air. I mean, you don't want to have that as your defensive mantra, but this team, it I think it's a fine one based off the struggles we've seen to stop the run. Yeah. So, you know, we'll see if it holds up. You know, they're Georgia's O line is pretty good. Their running backs are pretty good. So if you can do it against them, you should be able to do it against 
just about anybody else left on the schedule, I think, but it's not going to be easy. Arkansas can run the ball really physically. Um, you know, we, we know that South Carolina has got a whole bunch of running backs, including Kevin Harris, who led the league in rushing last year. Uh, Florida has not looked very physical this year. That's a game I think Missouri can win and, and be the tougher team up front. So we'll see. I mean, I think this is, if they ended up turning this around and it doesn't look like the worst defense in the country and maybe it's just average, then you can say, okay, give them credit for that. Um, but we got to see it first. I mean, Blaze made a great line this week. He said, we showed that we're, if we have the, if we have some more confidence in our abilities, we can maybe be a halfway decent <laughs> SEC defense, which is like great reality for him to say that. Cause he's not up there saying, no, we're going to dominate. You know, we shut down the run. No, just try to make some progress to be halfway decent, which I, I thought they were at times in, in Athens. Well, they've got much more manageable opponents moving forward. And if they can play halfway decent defense, they might be ending their season in a bowl game, which based off where this season looked to be headed earlier, maybe that could uh, that could be a, certainly a, a sweeter sweeter trip into the offseason for, for this team than we initially thought it might be. So plenty to play for South Carolina, Dave. I'll be there alongside you Saturday for both South Carolina and Florida game coming up. So we'll have full coverage in the post-dispatch. Anything else before we take off here? I don't think so. That that should do it. We're a busy time of year. Yeah, crossover. Two sports going at once. Make sure to keep it locked at stltoday.com for all of the Mizzou coverage from Columbia, from Dave, and, and myself. And uh, we'll be back um, next week with a new episode of the podcast. Be sure to check out the video edition of the Island Tigers podcast as well. For Dave, I'm Ben. We'll talk to you next week, everybody.